How's it going? Good. You ready to talk about? I, I have a I have a comment. Okay, comment. comment. I, I was away. listening to one of our episodes. Uh-oh. <laughs> and, uh, <laughs> it's never a good idea to <laughs> listen to your own voice or anything. But um, do you remember on Saturday Night Live when when those two women did that skit? they're trying to sell like food or whatever and they're they're kind of older hippie ladies but they kind of giggle at their little jokes they laugh at themselves yeah yeah yeah, yeah. I, I kinda <laughs> do what do we do that a lot i think we do that a lot <laughs> yeah where we say something mildly funny maybe but you and i both have this like <laughs> <laughs> we try to say daughters we're not as funny as we think we are i don't think we're nearly as funny <laughs> as we think we are the best part about saturday night live though everybody has to agree is Jimmy Fallon sketches where he's like laughing because Will Ferrell is so funny. He just like can't uh, contain himself. Yeah. It's like, that would be hard to, to be next to Will Ferrell doing stuff and not die laughing. We got to get him on the podcast. We need, I don't know why he hasn't been here already. I really need to reach out. You I haven't reached out. I'm sure he'd just accept and be here in a matter of minutes. Hi everyone. And welcome to what would my shrink say? a podcast where you get inside the heads of a couple psychologists and see life through their eyes. You'll never be the same. What are we talking about today, Nick? Personality. Mm-hmm. What is personality exactly? Mm. Like it's one of these things everybody basically knows what it is, but very few people could actually define Like It's hard to actually put your finger on Come what up it with is like specifically. A working definition of this, yeah. Yeah. I mean, it, it seems, um, even even as I prepared kind of for this topic, it seems like this is everything. It's like, this is a lot of stuff in personality. And when you describe mm-hmm. someone's personality, you're kind of just describing who they are in a way. Um, and that's hard to do because people are so stinking unique and different. Right. Yeah. And this is the problem with definition generally is when you're trying to define something, you can be super broad and inclusive and you make sure you don't miss anything. Mm-hmm. But it gets so broad that it is almost useless. Yeah. Right? If you say like personality is like people's tendencies. Well, like what the hell does that mean? <laughs> like yeah. everything, you know, it could be anything. Um, but if you get some super narrow technical definition, it sure, maybe it's really accurate for that one particular thing, but you miss a lot and it doesn't include a lot of kind of nuance. So mm-hmm. yeah, mm-hmm. personality is especially hard on this, in this dilemma of tr- trying to, it is a pretty big construct, I think, but it's easy to get so big that it's not helpful at all. Yeah, and, and, and for example, we have like personality disorders or disorders that mm-hmm. are kind of uh, very pervasive ideas about um, how people relate to other people that are dysfunctional maybe. And so we have very specific personality disorders like say um, uh, obsessive compulsive personality disorder. And that describes a very specific set of uh, characteristics that that uh, are are somewhat, some would say maybe woven into the identity of who that person is. It's it's about how a person relates to other people, sees themselves. I mean, it's very kind of foundational, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and then you brought it out to different types of per- personalities in there, and and there are all sorts of different categories about um, how how they relate to other people, how aggressive they are, maybe or but but you build these categories out, and and with each kind of category, you lose a little bit of that um, specificity that might be inherent in one particular diagnosis, but that certainly doesn't fit very many people, mm-hmm. right? So the utility of it is kind of different. 
Um, yeah, and then you, so that's like the very technical end of per, like when you hear like when psychologists talk about personality, something like a personality disorder, mm-hmm. or something like yeah. a very specific set of right. Of, yeah, but mm-hmm. then in common parlance, people talk about like, oh, I just love his personality. He's so funny, you mm-hmm. know. Like, mm-hmm. it, but I think that does get at like you said, pervasiveness is kind of a key idea with personality in that it's something that something about you that is pretty consistent and stable across time and space across context and across time. Yeah. Right. So like people, if if you're like pretty witty and funny and kind of a jokester when you're a kid, like you're probably going to be like that threat and maybe you tone it down at work a little bit and maybe you tone it up with your buddies, but like you're still probably going to, people are going to realize like you're kind of a funny, witty person. Yeah. Baseline, so to speak, you're going to be, you're going to run along those lines. That's probably a good way to put it. Yeah. Yeah. So consistency seems like, what are the things about you that, but and this is why it's tricky too, because like, well, things like once you're an adult, like your height is like similar, your hair color, right? It's pretty similar mm-hmm, after a certain mm-hmm, point, mm-hmm. right? But when we talk about personality, we're talking about not physical things so much, obviously, right. as, and it seems obvious, but what, as what? <laughs> so, okay, yeah. physical things aren't part of personality, right? but what is part of like your traits, yeah, right. I think that's right. if we look at research, they boiled it down to specific traits that are along some continuum where where people fall, you know, in a in a in a on the low end of the continuum to the high end of the continuum on certain traits that give a bright, basic uh, broad description of everybody, right? So to be annoying here, haven't we just replaced one problem with another? We said, oh, personality, what does that really mean? You know, so, mm-hmm. <laughs> well, it's kind of, it's, it's not just physical care. It's not physical characteristics. It's your traits, right? Well, what the hell is a trait? <laughs> like, mm-hmm. what is a trait exactly? Like, is being, is being obsessive a trait? Is being narcissistic a trait? Is being funny a trait? Mm-hmm. Is uh, enjoying like socializing a lot a trait or is like staying home by yourself a trait? Like what is a trait exactly? Yeah, all of those things would, would maybe those all be traits? traits. Yeah, all of those things would maybe be traits or encompassed in a trait. So I think what the personality researchers have done here um, is really try to distill down into kind of five core traits um, a lot of those kinds of aspects of a human's presentation or, or who they are. Yeah, but it is a very reductionist kind of view of human beings because even if I gave you your score on the big five personality trait inventory, mm-hmm. it wouldn't tell you a lot of specifics about how you might come across to other people. It would give you an idea of how you fall in these very general kind of trait categories and, and what end of the spectrum you fall, but it's not going to really, um, I can't describe you to other people by telling them your big five personality trait scores. What, uh, okay, wait, before we get into that, I want to, I want to respond to that. Or I could, but it, it may not be as tell, salient. T- tell us about the, what, what is the big five? You mentioned this. Okay. So the big five personality traits are, are basically what personality researchers have distilled or kind of reduced, um, uh, human being characteristics into. So those are openness to new experience. Um, are you, um, basically that open to trying new things? Right. Okay. Conscientiousness, which is, um, do you uh, follow through on what you're going to say to other people? Do you have a sense of right or wrong, kind of moral uh, functioning there? Um, extroversion, do you like other people or do you isolate? Are you introverted or extroverted? Um, agreeableness, are you pleasant to be around? Can you relate to other people and form partnerships and 
Um, are you funny? Um, are you withdrawn and sullen or um, other other characteristics like that? And neuroticism. Are you prone uh, to be emotionally reactive or prone towards anxiety and, mm-hmm. and depression? So those traits all together uh, comprise the big five personality uh, traits. And um, they're all made up of basically a construct under which we all fall in some spectrum of that continuum. So some of us are very open to new experiences. Some of us just want the same thing over and over and over again, and we don't like surprise or change. Okay. Um, Some people are super emotionally reactive and get overwhelmed really easily, and some people are pretty calm and and Mm -hmm. collected even even in stressful times. Um, Some people are agreeable, and they have lots of friends and um, are funny and entertaining, and some people just kind of want to be left to their own kind of selves and and, mm. isol- and and not participate in social functions. Um, some people are extroverted and they really like to go out and and form those relationships and discover and do those things. And some people would really kind of just recharge their batteries all on their own. Yeah. So yeah. why the natural question is what's so special about these five? Like why it seems like someone just kind of pulled these. I mean, sure, they, these sound important, um, but you could just as well say, well honesty is like a fundamental trait and there's a spectrum and some people are super honest and like hyper honest and some people are just pretty flexible with the truth. And so like, what's, how did, how do we, how did we, I don't know, psychologists come up with these five? Well, I I think the idea was, is is that honesty would be, would be kind of um, included in your score of conscientiousness, conscientiousness, let's say on the big five. But why not the reverse? Why wouldn't conscientiousness be part of it? Um, it captures a bigger variety of the, rather than just honesty, it's other things as well. It's, it, it, it is comprised of other things too, but honesty is definitely included into that conscientiousness. Right. But we don't have like, there's no gene for conscientiousness, right? And there isn't a gene. So where, where do these constructs come from? Like, how do we, how did we happen to get the, why are there only five? Like, why are there two or 10? Well, cause they did a factor analysis. Nick. Whoa, yeah. whoa. <laughs> they did a what? <laughs> <laughs> They've done a lot of statistical um, uh, magic magic here <laughs> to basically take all of these descriptions of people, honest, um, happy, um, funny, all of these descriptions, almost any descriptions you could you could imagine describing someone as. Okay. And they basically um, sort those out into groups that kind of hold together in statistical analysis. And they call this group of thing one thing and this group of thing another. And okay, so, so they, they come up with, they, they just generate this ent- huge list of questions. Massive, right. And I'm, I uh, very helpfully pulled up the, here are the first, you want to hear the first 10 questions for <laughs> the of, big five? Out of how many are there? Oh, there's hundreds. Yeah. Well, yeah, this yeah. the short form is 75, I guess. But <laughs> okay. Okay, here they are. And this, this is from the, um, the MMPI, which is an older, more traditional mm-hmm, personality mm-hmm. test, but still very widely used. I like mechanics magazines. I have a good appetite. I wake up fresh and rested most mornings. I think I would like the work of a librarian. I'm easily awakened by noise. I like to read newspaper articles on crime. <laughs> My hands and feet are usually warm enough. My daily life is full of things that keep me interested. I'm about as able to work as I ever was. There seems to be a lump in my throat most, much of the time. Mm. Now, okay, I got to be honest. I, I'm a psychologist, and I read these, and I'm like, what the hell does this have to do with anything? I'm a these... psychologist, and that makes perfect sense to me. <laughs> All right, well, so how do you generate meaningful information from whether people say yes or no to questions like this? What is that? A few of those, if you endorse, you? are about your comfort level. How comfortable are you? 
generally, right? right? If you're waking up with, or if you have a th- uh, frog in your throat most of the time, mm-hmm. that's usually an indication that you're kind of nervous or or, mm. or uneasy. Okay. Um, are you warm, warm enough? You know, are you uh, content? You know, I could see that. Um, well, there's a couple. I read newspaper articles on crime. <laughs> on crime. Like, what, what does that tell me about my personality? Maybe how concerned you are about the world around you. Mm. Um, I, I like the work of. I could see myself doing the work of a librarian. That's okay. a very what what I think most people would see is a pretty lonely job. Quiet. Oh, so that You're tells you something yourself. about your your preference. Extraversion. For... Extraversion. I think that would probably okay. relate to. So what or, or, or a sense of order too, because libraries are very orderly. So basically, if you give these questions to thousands and thousands mm-hmm. of people. Um, and you see what answers kind of hang together, you're going to get an idea of uh, these traits, basically. So in other words, if I, if I answer, um, yes, I would like the work of a librarian, and uh, my idea of a good time is not going out to the bars with friends, I'd rather sit home and read a book. And I answer, if I answer a bunch of questions all in the same direction mm-hmm. related to a certain idea of like either either being sort of extroverted or introverted, you know, mm-hmm. that suggests I'm, this is a consistent kind of trait within me. Exactly. Across a lot of different um, specific scenarios, I tend to lean this way rather exactly. than that way. And, and to be really fair, I don't know if the MMPI is based off the big five personality trait theory. No, it's not. Um, but it, it kind of, I think we're, what we're talking about here is, is uh, very similar that if you're, if you answer questions that ask you about your emotional reactivity, if you answer hundreds and hundreds of those, and, and those questions are representative of a lot of context, a lot of situations, and you tend to answer them in this way, um, it gives us a pretty good idea of maybe how neurotic you are. Right. Or how, um, or if you know they're asking you questions about um, morality and your sense of right or wrong, and you tend to answer a certain way over and over and over again, again across... Uh, context and situations, then, then we can give you a score to say how, uh, basically, where on the continuum you would fall is kind of uh, are you an honest or forthright person? Right, mm-hmm. right. I, so I've got the big five here. That was the MMPI before. Here's the big right. five. The quest- questions are similar but interestingly different. I'm the life of the party. I feel little concern for others, and these are all like agree, disagree, mm-hmm. or neutral. Mm-hmm. I get stressed out easily. I have a rich vocabulary. I don't talk a lot. I'm interested in people. I leave my belongings around. I'm relaxed most of the time. I have difficulty understanding abstract ideas. I feel comfortable around people. I insult people. <laughs> <laughs> um, so, it, yeah, it's, so it's, it's just interesting that, uh, I guess the, the big idea here is that there are, if you answer enough questions about a wide enough variety of things, mm-hmm. you just start to see patterns, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. right? Patterns sort of bubble to the surface. Exactly. Um, and they tend, those patterns tend to cluster around a few kind of big themes. Right. And, and, and the big five personality researchers, I guess, would say these themes basically encompass almost any description of a human you could, mm-hmm. you could create, basically. Um, and they tend to, these, these questions and answers tend to clump in certain things like agreeableness or extroversion or mm-hmm. openness to new experience. Okay. So it's, it's a way of kind of um, distilling um, a, a myriad of descriptions of, of people into basically five traits that kind of encompass all of those things. Right. So another like dumb question here. Who cares? Like, why is this important <laughs> that we have this sort of elaborate structure of classifications and categories of personality? Like, what are some 
why is this helpful? Like, what what are the practical kind of applications of this? Well, I think I think you know the basic practical application of anything that we would talk about would be predicting future behavior mm. and predicting behavior. So, um, for example, I did a study in in uh, grad school that that um, uh, looked at uh, people's willingness to travel to go to school, to go out of state to go to school, or whether they stay home to go to school. Um, and that follows right along openness to new experience and extroversion, mm-hmm. right? So you can predict people who score high in extroversion might seek opportunities kind of outside and that, that outside their state. And that, that seems to be kind of um, obvious maybe in some ways. But uh, what we're really trying to do with a lot of these scales is trying to predict future behavior. Yeah. And or detect where maybe holes in people's philosophies are and where, how to help right. them. Yeah. I see. So one of the things I – a big – conflict a lot of people experience in therapy that I, I help people try and work through is people often have a big conflict between their own personal kind of values and preferences and those of society or culture mm-hmm, mm-hmm. you know so like common ones are you you really love art right but you feel pressured by your family say to be a doctor mm-hmm. right or you don't you know have your 28 years old and don't really have any interest in getting married, but in your like family or in your religion or in your culture, it's very important to like now, like you're in your late twenties, like enough messing around time to like settle down and find someone. Right. Right. And so I think what personality is interesting, thinking about personality and helping people think more carefully about their personality to me is useful in that it helps people distinguish. Okay. I feel you know, I'm, I've graduated from college. I've been working a bunch of different jobs and like, I know, you know, my parents really want me to, you know, be an attorney or be an engineer or something. And I I think, I think I'm going to do that. Right. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. So the question is like, do you actually want to do that or do you feel compelled to do that? Yeah. Right. Yeah. And so understanding your own personality can be a really helpful way. I think of helping people get in, helping people clarify is this something that I really enjoy or feel comfortable with or sort of suits me? Or is this something that I value because, say, culture or other people value it? Not that that's bad, mm-hmm. but it's good to be able to be clear about these things. And then, so to me, personality, uh, even a personality test, can help people basically understand themselves better. Yeah. yeah right? Which has right. practical implications for things like, whom you choose to marry, right? Or what line of work you get into. Like those are big decisions, right? Almost like, uh, you know, if I'm super extroverted, then choosing to man a radio tower in the Carson (laughs) National Forest, you know, that's not gonna, that's that's gonna be difficult. It's gonna be challenging. Not to say you couldn't do it, but to kind of predict that, ooh, that might be challenging for me. Yep. You know? Or I, to use another, maybe slightly less extreme example, I, I really remember this client I had who, uh, was a physician and a surgeon actually, and, and got into medicine because he was, um, he described himself as like, I just love people. Like I love being around people and I really like helping people. Right. Mm-hmm. And what he discovered is while there are aspects of that to being a physician, he had no idea how much sort of paperwork and bureaucracy mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. non people work was involved in actually being a doctor yeah. until he was done with medical school. Like he didn't, it, it like, it's hard to know that until you're actually in it. Yeah. And so that kind of understanding these sort of what your preferences are and what, what's actually out there in terms of when you make decisions, what do you, what kind of world are you going to get yourself into? It's really helpful to know clearly what I actually enjoy, what I am comfortable with, what sort of suits me. 
Mm-hmm. That's mm-hmm. super important for yeah. so many big decisions in life. I think a lot of people get a, a kick out of taking personality inventories to see kind of what they're, you know, I mean, it's, it's interesting because there's lots of uh, personality inventories out there. Um, but I think the reason people take them is to kind of search out some understanding of mm-hmm. themselves. Why am I, or why, what is it about me that does this or that? And, um, so I think these are really popular and everybody knows the, um, what's the one that Myers-Briggs. Yeah. Is that it? Yeah. Enneagram is another one. Myers-Briggs. Yeah, the Myers-Briggs, I think where people are like, I'm an INFG or whatever. <laughs> I'm always like, what is that? I'm like, what yeah, that's not, that's not, that's not People really talk a, about it like it's common now. <laughs> yeah. Or, or like psychologists use that for it. Yeah. But, but it does tell them something about who they are yeah. and, and, and about how they function and, and gives them some sense of who they are. And I think that's what personality is in a way is it's a, um, it's a nice stand in for who you are, your identity mm-hmm. in some ways, in a very simplistic, simplistic way, but it does give you some kind of handle. Yeah. And that's how I, when I talk to people about personality, I, I try and emphasize that like, you know, we, yes, psychologists have done a lot of research and they think very carefully about, about personality and they have these things that seem to be pretty validated and, and reliable. Um, but for the most part, for most people, personality is a, in personality theory and personality tests, they're, they're just useful tools for sort of self-awareness and mm-hmm, personal mm-hmm. discovery, mm-hmm. I think. Yeah, they're I think they're so. not like the end-all be-all and like none of them are perfect, obviously. And, but they're, they're interesting tools, I think, to help you think a little bit more about yourself and your own sort of, again, preferences, values, temperament, you know, all this kind of stuff. Yeah, and the, the great thing about it at personality is that it's so stable over time. You know, the, mm. the, the, the idea is that this is identity related. And so you wouldn't expect every year to have a different personality, right? That'd be kind of odd if on January 1st, you're, you're totally an, an introvert. You know? um, <laughs> well, but that's an interesting question. Is how stable is personality? Like, can your personality change? Like, can you, let's say I'm, let's say I'm not a very funny person. Mm-hmm. Can I become a more funny person? Or let's say I'm chronically late. I'm just not a very punctual person, uh-huh. right? Which is a part of Conscientious, um, conscientiousness, yeah. right? Mm-hmm. Can I become more, can I be that person who's always there five minutes early? Absolutely, you could. It, it might be a struggle. You might. It might be difficult. It might not ever be kind of natural for you. Mm-hmm. Um, but you can absolutely improve in there. Um, you might set the goal for five minutes, but you might be closer to two, one, or maybe... 30 seconds late, but uh, so there's some room for movement. Now that there are events um, that can happen that can drastically change personality. They're very rare, but um, one of them is trauma. Um, Hmm. Trauma can change personality. So, um, but it's unlikely, you know, to shift around that much in your lifetime. It's, it's kind of like intelligence, you know, your, your IQ doesn't shift all that much throughout your lifetime. Yeah. What, sorry, it's got a few, I'm thinking of clients who have talked to me about personality. Mm -hmm. A common one I hear is, Someone will come in and they'll say, I'm just so negative. You know, I always think the worst. And, but my, you know, my husband or my wife, like they're so optimistic and they're so positive all the time. Like mm-hmm. I really wish I was more positive and optimistic. It, is that realistic to, to, if you're the kind of person who is fair, kind of sees the glasses half empty kind of person, mm-hmm. can you become a glasses half full kind of person? What would that look like exactly? I, again, I think you can shift around in there and, and, um, you know, now I would argue we're talking about a behavioral pattern that, that could probably shift pretty dramatically if you really trained well around that. Are behaviors not part of personality? Um, behaviors might be um, outward signs of personality at times, but something like um, learning how to, to see the world more functionally or more positively maybe is doable. Again, I think you would always kind of struggle. It may not be natural and reflexive, 
but you could you could train yourself probably to be more optimistic. Yeah, sometimes I think, and this is not a perfect um, analogy by any by any means, but I sort of think of personality as like instinct. Mm-hmm. Like we all have mm-hmm. certain kind of default instincts, mm-hmm. like to. When something uncomfortable happens, maybe your instinct is to make a joke about it, right? Yeah. yeah. Or when, when something bad happens, your instinct is to think, okay, this was bad, but like it could probably be a lot worse. I better plan out all those like scenarios. Yeah. Right? So that may always be or, or very often be the first thing that pops into your mind. Mm-hmm. But I think that doesn't mean you can't learn to um, go a different direction. Mm-hmm. That may be the way your mind wants you to kind of go. But that doesn't mean you can't, um, with time, learn to be a little bit more flexible and do something differently. Yeah, or, or if you take the case, uh, if you're prone to depression maybe, and, and when you feel depressed, you're you're also introverted or you score high in introversion. So there's a real pull to isolate and, and kind of cut yourself off from social reinforcers mm-hmm. there. Um, that doesn't mean that you couldn't learn over time not to do that and to actually reach out and, and engage people or to build a, a significant um uh, social support network around you, it may not ever feel uh, like that's the easiest default move to make mm-hmm. to kind of reach out to people, but you could definitely get better at it and, and use that to your advantage. Yeah, sure. So I have a question for you. As a, uh, you do couples counseling fairly often, right? Mm-hmm. Um, so when I, before my wife and I got married, we got married in a church and we had to do, they have a kind of a little program you have to do. Wait, did um, you just say before you got married, you got married in a church? Sorry, that was uh, grammatically confusing. Oh, okay. Yes, before we, we were going <laughs> so to were get married, we did get married in a church. Okay. But before we could get married, they have a little program you have to go through okay. where you, okay. you, know, you attend some talks. And, oh, sure. Um, they kind of, Like yeah. marriage prep is like yeah, a, yeah, you know, yeah. different. But anyway, part of it is they, they have you take a personality test. Um, or, or I think they call it a personality inventory. Okay. But it's basically like this, like these questions we, we Give you some insight into how you work, yeah. And then you, you sort of uh, submit your answers and then, and then you compare and mm-hmm. you sort of look at um, you know, where you're similar and where there are discrepancies. And so what do you think? Is that, should more people uh, take personality tests before they get married or get into long-term relationships? Would, you, would, would that be advice you would give someone? Like, okay, you're thinking about mar- getting married. Like, go, go take a personality test with your partner and then compare. Absolutely. Yeah? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah I, I mean, so, I, wouldn't, I wouldn't say you need to or have to to be a okay. happy couple, but man, that couldn't hurt at all. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I'm with you. I don't think so. Like, it seems like an obvious move to me. Like, why Why wouldn't you do it? But it also kind of feels like the kind of thing, like, are there unintended consequences there that we're not aware of? Where... <laughs> but it seems, like, it, it seems like one of those obvious things that, like, why don't more people do this? Well, here's, here's what I think might scare people from some, some people doing that, is that um, you could not line up well. One person might be introverted. One person might be extroverted, let's mm-hmm. say. And, and, and let's say they'd say, oh, my God, that makes us incompatible. I don't think that's what makes people incompatible. I don't think your score mm-hmm. on a personality assessment, if, if you and your partner did one, would ever make you completely incompatible. You don't think so? No. I, I think... If you get it, one super conscientious person and one really not conscientious oh, person, like... <laughs> well, there might be some problems. Or <laughs> openness to experience, someone who's really open and kind of mm-hmm, curious mm-hmm. and flexible and one person who's far more kind of um, traditional and sort of... I guess um, my, my point would be I don't think traits make you impa- incompatible. I think it's um, behaviors that make you incompatible. If, if you are not open to new experiences and your partner really is, are you completely unwilling to share that with them? Yeah. Or is that a sticking point for your partner that you come along to every new thing they do? 
those be actual behaviors or manifestations might result in um, kind of standoffs where that might make you incompatible. But I don't think traits in general just um, by themselves would make you incompatible. I don't think they destine you to incompatibility, but like statistically, if you're playing the odds and you see two, if you, you see two couples who come in who are totally <laughs> on opposite extremes when it comes to introversion yeah, yeah, and extroversion. Yeah, I see and, what you're getting at. Yeah, like yeah. I would not bet on that, right? I wouldn't. I, I mean, there's going to be some odds, I would say. I would say you got to think real careful about this. Or, or how will this play out? You know, and, and what within these traits might create problems for you? And are there, are you able to work through that? Or, or are you just ending up at kind of these standoffs where you're incompatible? But even then, you're going to get a lot of starry-eyed people who are like, oh, yeah, 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 we can, we can work through it. We can work it through anything. We're in love, yeah, Dr. Love, Sewell. Love does that. Love conquers all, love right? Yeah, Don't yeah. you know? Well, since the beginning of time, people have been doing that, so... <laughs> I don't think it's going to stop because I tell them not to. <laughs> so, but, but really though, how can you expect people? It seems like you're only really going to understand how hard it is to be a significantly more conscientious person if you're not a very conscientious person, is if you've literally been through the ringer and actually had to try significantly to change this and see whether this is even something you want to do. So how, how could you even expect someone to make an accurate assessment of their ability to dramatically overcome um, certain sort of preferences and traits. Well, again, I think that's going to um, depend on whether their partner requires them to overcome that. Now, you might you might have someone who's introverted, let's say, and someone who's extroverted, if we take that example. And it could be that the extrovert says, hey, it's, it's not important to me that you come to every party that we go to. I would like you to come to a couple. You know, that, that would be nice for me. And if you're willing to do that, even as an introvert, then we're not incompatible. Then we have yeah, some agreement there. Don't you think, like, I feel like therapy offices are littered with people who said, like, oh, yeah, when, I, when we first got together, I, I didn't think it was a big deal. And like, but <laughs> sure, now, like, sure. this really now bothers me. it's a big me, deal. And, and that could be, it could be that um, uh, you're naively kind of um, deciding things that you'll never know unless you try, too. I, I don't know. I, I don't know that I'd ever say you guys should just never even try this, though. I, yes, but I think I would lean a lot closer to that than like, oh, you guys will be fine if you just try hard. No, I, I think I would, <laughs> I, I, I definitely think I would be able to say, this might present some challenges and let's look at those challenges. You yeah. Know? Um, you know, one thing that's not on here maybe is like your religious background, which is a huge issue in couples, right? Yeah. Um, but even though it's not a personality trait, there's an incompatibility. If you right. are insistent that your children are raised in one church and your partner is insistent that they're not, that's an incompatibility to me. Right. You know, it, it doesn't really matter whether you're introverted, extroverted at that point. You're, you are, if you are unwilling to do what your partner um, is insistent on, there's an incompatibility. Right. And I think you could make the case that, that values are perhaps the most important thing to be um, conscientious about. Or compatibility. Yeah. Yeah. But I, I still think uh, personality is like a very close second. I think, big discrepancies in those personality dimensions are ticking time bombs. I, I wouldn't argue with you at all. I'll, I'll also admit I'm a romantic though. <laughs> hey everyone, Nick and I really appreciate you listening to the podcast. Please rate us on iTunes if you get a chance. And if you have any feedback or comments for us, that'd be great as well. And if you have any questions or topics you'd like us to cover in the podcast, let us know in the comment section as well. Thanks.